Re, I feel like uh, we're back to where it all started. I remember interviewing you as part of the original Outback campaign in 2017. And here we are, five years later, doing it all again, looking back at it all. How have you changed as a player from then to now? God, um, I would say that the actual difference between me in 2017 to 2022, there is not even a comparison. I am a completely different player. I actually have game experience now um, and I've had a number of different seasons under my belt um, and I actually came into 2022 as a seasoned player um, class is one of the more veteran players um, and it made all the difference in the world to the actual campaign that I had personally uh, this time around so yeah huge differences it's huge I mean and and I think uh, you know as players as we go throughout our career it, it doesn't matter how long that you've been playing the amount of growth that you have not just as a player but as a person as well uh, is just massive and it's one of the things that we love about this sport whatever it is you want to do in life you'll be able to do it's always you versus you that it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are you can achieve anything that you set your mind to spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it this is my purpose and you will not stop me you are listening to mojo sports Guys, this we're back again. This is the Women in Gridiron Show, and I'm here with Rihanna Edbrook, D-line from uh, Western Australia, just came back from Worlds. First of all, welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Indeed, indeed. I mean, you guys have been back, what, two weeks now? Is it two weeks? Yep. Ten days? Something like that? Like, how, how's it feeling being back into normal life? Um. It's kind of surreal, actually. It went well, because it was such a whirlwind and it went by so fast. You get back to real life and you kind of think, "Did that just happen? <laughs> did I just, did I just do that?" Um, and yes, of course, you have the photos and the memories, which um, will never leave you. But it really is sometimes quite a, a surreal kind of feeling. That's for sure. <laughs> Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? <laughs> It's what we dream to do. It's not just a man's game anymore. Go, go! Doesn't matter how you separate us, we're still one big team, and that's for women's football. It is in our DNA, spiraling through double helixes. It courses through our veins. Through this blood, we are connected. Football is our family. We're going to roll into our all-ball segment with you, Ray, on this one. And I kind of wanted to start with your history because... You know, I, I, I did a post on the Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia page asking who people wanted to hear from, and your name came up quite a few times because you've got quite an interesting story. So take us back all the way to the beginning. Uh, we're talking 2016 WA Angels in the Ladies Gridiron League. That was your first taste of football, right? Yep, it sure was. Um, and that in comparison to going from, because my, I guess my backstory was, was I went from that to 11 aside, full contact, full kit. Um, so there was, there really wasn't any, they're really totally different sports. Um, there's no real comparison to, to angels to actually going into the women's outback. Um, and it was such a steep learning curve um, to be, I guess, called upon as an athlete. So they basically contacted Kevin, uh, who was the head coach, just gone, and we're looking for an athlete. I know he put forward a number of different people, um, and mine was one of them. And so I went, you know what? 
what have I got to lose? And so I put forward my profile and they actually selected me from there. So I actually went into that campaign with no full contact, full kit gridiron experience at all, um, which was, <laughs> like I said, the learning curve was literally straight up. Um, but I don't think I'd have it any other way. Now I go back and, and look at it because it was just such an amazing, I guess, um, intro into full kit gridiron. And that's from there we get, um, because of that, I guess that's what sort of spurred along the growth in WA to actually bring a full kit um, gridiron, t- gridiron league to WA itself. That's exactly right. And you've just t- stolen my whole blurb about you, about how this all started, but that's completely fine. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm actually really fascinated about girls that have played in the LGL because, you know, a majority of them did, did transfer into the full contact uh, when it was all starting up. But, like, what it, it's just it's a weird thing for me to go, let's play full kit gridiron wearing not much. Like, I just I could not personally get over that. Like, how... How did that feel for you guys? Like, were you proud of being out there, not wearing the equipment? Like, or did you just not know any better? And now that you do, you look back and go, okay, well, you know, it was definitely for a a marketing kind of sell for the sport. Yeah. Um, No, I completely agree. Um, I did it purely for the sheer fact that, one, I was was proud of what my body looked like and didn't mind that that's what the uniform was. Yes, I knew it was exploitation to a degree and using sex to sell sport, which I did understand that, and I went into that knowingly. Um, I wasn't held, like, with the gun to my head saying that I had to wear the uniform, um, but that was the only way to play gridiron. And once I started to actually train, um, I recognised just how much I actually was really enjoying it as a sport. Um, and so I thought, you know what, we did actually pop a lot of backlash for that um, from a lot of, I guess, activists. Um, and we basically would say to them, look, if you're really interested, come down to a training session. The only time we actually wear that uniform is when we're playing on the field because that's what, we'd, what we've been asked to wear. Um, and we're really glad that we pushed it from one, from lingerie football to legends football, which changed the uniform in, in itself and then pushed it from there to full kit because we we knew that there, there was actually a, a big space for the sport here and there would be a lot of women that would love it, that would love to play it in the actual gear that it's designed to be played within. Um, And so, yeah, it was pretty daunting wearing not much and and basically playing a collision sport where you run into each other. In an ice um, hockey helmet, like, you know, ice hockey helmet, (laughs) pads that barely covered your boobs, like no thigh padding, none of of what we wear today. Like it just baffles me. Like I was so surprised that there wasn't like more injuries that came out of that situation. I mean, exploitation aside, safety, you know, it was a concern as well, for sure. Welcome, Christy Moran, who has just joined us. I mean, I leave you, you know, we don't record for two weeks and all of a sudden you just decide to rock up whenever you like to interviews now. I'm just saying, Moran. My God. (laughs) Diva. Diva. (laughs) So we were, uh, so we've started, obviously, uh, just to catch you up, Ree's just talking to us about um, her history, where she started in the LGL. So we're we're just having a little chat about the LGL and the safety in the uh, exploitation of women a little bit Um, but we're going to move into the uh, her story which is you know one of the reasons why we're here is uh, you know she had zero experience coming into 2017 and I'm sure that you would remember too Moran the woman that we saw in 2017 at Outback um, is completely different to who we've seen just come back from this 2022 campaign I mean would you not agree 
hundred percent confidence just um and to and to come in at such a late stage and fit into a team like that just exceptional well done and congratulations on the tawny thanks Don. <laughs> it was um it definitely like, like you said it really there is no comparison to the person that i was to now um it, <laughs> i look back and think oh my god how do i even do that <laughs> yeah so uh 2022 campaign um actually no let's go back to 2017 because you actually won the game M- game three mvp from 2017 you complete rookie, zero 11 aside experience, zero contact experience, and you go and win MVP of the game, like legend, first of all. <laughs> and then uh, obviously we're looking at 2022 and you weren't on anyone's radar until, what, a, a week beforehand? Was it a week? You got the uh, It was the 8th of July um, that I was actually reached out, so I made the decision on the 10th, so I literally had 11 days before we left for the training camp in Sydney. And so how did you, I mean, like body-wise, did you feel like confident and comfortable with knowing uh, that you hadn't played? Well, I mean, you guys have just come off the back of a season, right? But did you play last yeah. season as well? Uh, yeah, um, I didn't play all of last season. I had complications with pregnancies, but um, I played most of it towards the end. Um, but, yeah, because we came off the back of a season, and in that season I, because I was in a new team, I actually played both sides of the ball almost every game. So I had some really epic um, game fitness because of that factor. Um, and because I'm a strength and conditioning coach and, and an advanced rehab specialist, I'm always training. So I knew that I wouldn't be necessarily game fit to the level I would like um, but I knew that I would be fine in regards to being able to handle the intensity that was thrown at me um, as an athlete. Um, in regards to D-line I hadn't played D-line for since um, since Raiders so Nationals and I so I didn't play just D-line um, at Raiders either so it was kind of like a I was thrown into the deep end. The main time I played defensive line, which was nose tackle, was 2017. So to be put as a defensive end this time, I was like, oh, dear, there's another new position to go into. But I always go into it knowing that I can, if you put it all in and you listen to the coaches and you actually take it, take the advice and run with it, you can always pick up to a level where you can be satisfied with your performance. So. Uh, I 100% agree. Um, the best way to prepare is to always be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that being said, be prepared, but obviously know your body and, and you can't always operate at the highest levels. You know, recovery is very important and all those sorts of things. But I find, I think one of my secrets for playing so old is just don't stop. Um, <laughs> then you don't yep. know what feeling relaxed and good is like but anyway um I'm interested what what is your preferred position now that you've had experience at all different levels in different yep. uh, positions what what is your preferred position and why it's a really uh, that's a really good question in regards to what you said about always be ready man when you're 40 your body just doesn't recover the same way even if you just matter how much you put in the next day you're like oh my god I feel like an 80 year old woman what happened you mean you get I get out of um, I get out of bed the wrong way these days and be like oh damn there goes my hammy oh god yep yeah, it's so it definitely feels that way and there's 20 year olds complaining about how sore they're and like really 
come on, <laughs> you're good. Um, but positional, oh, hard one. I actually really do enjoy playing the defensive line. I love just being in there, like like in the trenches and, and fighting that hard physical battle. I've always sort of lived for contact. Um, but I probably have to say my preferred position is strong safety. Um, I've always loved that position. I've loved to just be there and be able to take some really highlight hits because the D-line kind of sets it up for you and it's got this wicked like setup awesome amazing tackle um so I really do enjoy that but like with anything defense I'm happy with anything defense um purely because we're just such a such a unit um and like we just all work together we all swarmed the ball especially with the um defensive unit from 2022 they were phenomenal as a unit um so much fun and you could trust that they had their position covered, they had their assignment covered, and they had you back. And you just knew that you could just do your assignment, and you knew they would they would they would be there to do their job as well. It's just an amazing feeling. So defense has always been where it's at, and I'd probably say strong safety is the position that I prefer. Oh, I don't know about you, Moran, but like I kind of shuddered a little bit thinking about Ed Brooke coming down, you know, right into that alley from like a strong safety position. Ouch. <laughs> I'm definitely either being very evasive running or I'm running out. <laughs> so talk to us uh, about- hey, you're, you're, you're pretty tough, Moran. God, I think I can hit you to bounce back up and go, last job, let's do it again. <laughs> here's, here's a hot tip that I shouldn't be telling anybody. The quicker I hop up, the more it's hurt me. <laughs> that way I just, I just, my whole goal is get to the huddle and bend over <laughs> and die there. You know, with your people, with your friends. Uh, so the quicker I pop up, the more that hit has hurt me. That's that's the key. Well, you would never know. <laughs> Talk to us about the difference between 2017 campaign and and this campaign. I mean. Everyone, all the girls that we're talking to when they're coming back, they're saying, you know, how much fun they had, how much of a different vibe it was. Like, what what was your take on the two camps? Yeah, exactly the same feeling. Um, there was a heap more fun to be had. Of course, we took it seriously. But as we would know, I think the, the Aussie larrikin, we have to have fun while being corrected um, and while being, I guess, critiqued. And if we can't have fun doing it, we tend to not perform as well. I think they handled it better because um, they didn't didn't destroy us um, in regards to training prior to games this time. They're a lot smarter with it. And we went into games with actual energy and not being so fatigued and worn out, which was one of the biggest things. Um, I actually got on field thinking, like, I feel really good. I feel really ready, really energised, really um, refreshed and just ready to go. Um, I guess the other thing for me personally was the experience. Like first, um, 20, 2017, I honestly felt like I was going to die every single time I stepped on the gridiron because I was so nervous and so doubting of my actual ability as the player that it was such an overwhelming experience for me that it really did gas me every single play. This time I got out there going, I feel amazing. This is fun. And I actually got went into every down going, I'm going to have some amazing fun here. That's exactly what happened. Um, in regards to that too, the coaches gelled really well with women this time. They just knew how to, to get into our heads and actually inspire us and, and, and critique us in a manner that we wanted to do well um that was a really huge different feeling based off of the last one not saying the coaches didn't do a good job but it was just a different level of I guess coach player cohesion 
Yeah, and that's um we've talked about Stacey, we've talked about that a bit before that um uh, uh coaching women is different. Um and there there has to be a different tack to it, um, absolutely. But one thing um that uh, I think uh some people mightn't realize, especially if they haven't done it before, um, in a tournament type setting is and I and I know we can probably speak about it now, we couldn't at the time, but I know a couple of people in the first in the camp in the first few days actually got some injuries. Um and I just and I know that um you know in in respect to 2017 there was less of a lead up um particularly for you. <laughs> um but less, definitely less of a lead up and it just uh, from a strength and conditioning point of view there is um, a, a different approach that you have to take to a tournament where you're not just getting ready for one really good game. You're actually getting your body into a condition where you can actually have several games played over, you know, a short period of time within, a, you know, three games within a week. Um, it's really, really tough on the body. Um, so it's it's great to see that you were able to come in, but I suspect that a lot of people have learnt that the kind of work that they were doing perhaps wasn't the right type of work. And it, unless, you're, unless you have somebody who knows that strength and conditioning type of um, stuff and, and that science behind it, you know, a lot, of girl, a lot of girls would have gone in there thinking they're doing the right kind of work, but it probably would have not done them any favours in the long run. Yeah, totally agree. Um, as a strength and conditioning coach myself, um, you recognise that with gridiron, it's a lot of the actual conditioning for it is being in a random position and being able to control your body within that position. Because a lot of the times in gridiron, you don't get to choose how you fall. You don't get to choose how you hit. You don't get to choose what's happening. And so your body needs to be able to adapt to such forces coming at it in such unusual manners that it's not the standard snc program you would think it is and like you're saying it really is different and i think they are slowly learning um that a little bit more in regards to strength fishing and, and also just learning just how important strength and conditioning actually is um and how much the coaches um have to work with the snc coach to make those players so versatile and so resilient in the sport you know, I think, and, and we've, sp we've spoken about it before, you know, the, the hardest thing to teach uh, anyone playing the sport is exactly that, how to manage your body in situations that you don't want your body to be in, you know. So learning how to fall <laughs> is one of the best skills that you can possibly learn in your entire life, um, you know, and I, I will preach that and I will die on that hill. And, you know, I attribute my... I mean, granted, when I fall, I end up with my legs half in the air, but I've never injured myself badly as a result of falling improperly. But I attribute that to skateboarding, you know, smashing myself into the concrete, you know, a million times. Definitely teaches you how to manage your body. And, uh, you know, there's there's so many girls that come into our sport that don't know how to fall properly, don't know how to take a tackle, don't know how to be hit. And, and it's so fundamental and it's so important. So I'm really glad that you actually said that because, yes, it's different and, it, you know, once coaches start to realise that you do need to go back and teach some of those really, really fundamental fundamentals, it'll make everybody better, that's for sure. I guess also it's what that strength and conditioning and what that, that pre-season lead-up does is 
it minimizes the fear going into a tackle or being tackled because you go, I know how to fall. I've fallen before. I've done it many times. Therefore, I don't have to have the fear. So they don't, one, they don't pull up going into the tackle and therefore they actually go in hard. They go in with the correct technique and they hit the other person. And because they go on correctly, the other person can fall because they know what to expect with the hit being received. And so that's such a big part of it. It's, it's taking the fear away from the sport because like I said, if you go in soft, you're going to get hurt. But if you go in with all intentions to go through and follow through with the actual tackle or the hit or to run through it, you don't get hurt. Yeah, exactly. And you can, and you can watch, you know, the men play, uh, you know, all the boys play and, and, you know, they, they hit so hard and it's so violent looking yet they do it correctly with the correct technique uh, and they just pop straight back up again. Because again, if you're tackling correctly, it, do- it shouldn't hurt anybody really. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But tell us about your the favorite favorite moment of this 2022 campaign, Ray. Oh, that's a that's yet again another tough question. I have a few. Um, the first one is wearing the emblem in itself, um, being able to actually represent Australia, donning the green and gold, and actually walking out to that field as an Australian representative is one of the best feelings that you'd ever have. Um, it's such a, an overwhelming and beautiful feeling. Um, that's where my first one is just being able to actually be the representative, um, making history. Of course, winning against Sweden that was just that was the icing on the cake because this was actually my um, my one song in regards to international gridiron I don't choose I'm not going to do another world it's just too too far and I'm actually choosing to retire rather than being forced to retire um and so it was such a, an amazing way to go out for one to, to actually score points in every single game but then to also win the third was just just a phenom- phenomenal feeling um and also um actually having the defensive unit have their names called out and get to run through the tunnel that was that was amazing I went on the field film so pumped in that last game <laughs> I was like, let's go. <laughs> so they're probably my, my um, all-time favourites from the campaign. And yet again, just being around such a, like, just an awesome bunch of girls. Most of those girls were just top-notch Aussie chicks and had such a ball, but balled out hard. They played hard and they trained hard, and I love that. So you mentioned rumours of retirement. So we're talking international, we're done. Are we still club or what's what's the future there? Um, it, I'm still looking to um to play um local, yes. Um, but my my first and foremost, I guess, goal is actually to have a baby. So that would be what's happening for me um in the, the coming months. So it all depends around that. Um, I'm hopeful after that I can come back to social and maybe even move into coaching myself and just help out and help help keep, I guess promoting the women's gridiron and keep growing the sport because it's such an amazing sport that people need to get involved so I can't just walk away from it that's for sure yeah well look you know when that time comes for you and you've got that little baby yourself then you and I can have mother you know mother chats football chats um because that's that's what happens in our community it's what's happening in our community right now is all all the all the girls that we've played with over our careers are having babies and you know to get all of the little football babies together, I think that would be so cute at some point. Adorable. Adorable. I agree. My um, team is like, they call me Mean Machine, and they're like, there would be a little baby Mean Machine. We could just like, you could play. You just give us the babies. You walk off the field, and we'll just hold on to it. I was like, gold. <laughs> I yep. was like, I love the confidence. You've got a whole team of babysitters there. there <laughs> and it takes a village, my friend. So, you know, football is the best village that there is. That's for sure. Uh, guys, let's, uh, let's move into rapid fire. 
for tonight. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. I want to know game day prep. So it's season one, uh, game one of the season, this season. What's the one thing that you have to have in your football bag? Um, for me, um, in regards to kits, I don't really care. Um, as long as I've got like the stuff that actually that I need to play, there isn't anything particular. I do have a, um, there's always a theme to mine. So I'll drive my, um, my car that I don't drive much. I've got a GTO and it's always the car that I drive to the game. And it's always the car I drive to the game on my own, having my coffee, getting ready to play. That's actually my thing. Um, in regards to the actual kit bag, I don't really care. But as long as I'm driving my car, having my coffee, everything's sweet. <laughs> Same day rituals, each do their own. Moran, what's in your bag? Okay, so bear with me. This is going to sound old lady, but it's <laughs> Uh, it's my headphones and my trigger ball to roll on. Now, I, A, because, yes, the body needs it, but usually before a game I like to get there ridiculously early, be around the field, be around the atmosphere, and I just have this routine that just started up where I just roll on my trigger ball um, and that's where I just start to think about the game, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to play, what are some of the things I want to achieve, you know. There's always um, there's always something I want to achieve or, or, or tick off in a game. So that's that's what I take along and that's where I start to, the mind goes from, I, don't, I try not to think about football all day until I start doing that real early at the field. See, I think that's the complete opposite to me, Moran. I cannot physically do anything else in my life if it's game day. Like <laughs> we, we, we had we had a 7 p.m. game once. Oh, my God. It was horrendous. Like constant state of thinking I was going to be late and then being like, no, nah, it's like, you know, 11 o'clock. You're not going to be late. It's a 7 o'clock game. Like it was just too anxiety inducing. Stacey, I, that's why that's why I can't think about it. So I set my alarm. So if I have to be there at, um, if we have to be there at five, I'm getting there at four and I'm setting my alarm at three to get ready to leave. And I don't have, don't think about it until that alarm goes off. No, no. I'm like, I don't know how you people function. Mm-mm. I think about it the whole time until we actually play the game. It doesn't disappear. <laughs> It does not. And it starts the night before with the visualizations of how the game's going to go. Like, you know, you know, but we're getting ready to do all this again, which is very, very exciting. Re, uh, give a shout out to your team over in WA. Hello to all of the amazing women in WA. I hope they're getting ready to have an absolute ripper season. Um, I cannot wait for them to see them all on the field and just doing what we do best, playing ball. And so you're going back to the Jets? I sure am. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, who's the head coach there at the moment? Um, head coach is David Holmes. Oh, excellent. Oh, wonderful. Very good. So you guys, so the Jets were in the competition a couple of years ago. Or is this the first year that the Jets have come in? Uh, it's the second. So they played last year. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good, good. Well, we're going to have to get uh, get a couple of your girls on the show and do a bit of a promo for your team over there. But thanks so much for coming on, Ray. I mean, uh, I'm upset that you're retiring from international football, but I'm happy that you're having a baby. And I'm also happy that you're staying around club and very happy that you're thinking about coaching because that's 
what we need right now is more people thinking about the future of the sport. Yep, most definitely. We need to keep this this ball rolling because gridiron is phenomenal. It's too freaking amazing to not do. <laughs> I don't know what I do with my life. I really, really don't. <laughs> Get more sleep, Stacey. Get more sleep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. All right, guys, that's it for tonight. Uh, again, thanks, Ree, Moran. Been a pleasure. Uh, catch you next week. And Ree, we'll uh, catch up with you later on in your uh, WA season. Excellent. Thanks again for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking to you both. Hopefully you have an amazing night and I will see you guys hopefully in your season coming up soon too. Yes, indeed. That's it, uh, everyone. Women in Gridiron will be back next week. We will see you all then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.